The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We ask that you help us one and all in Jesus' mighty name. And the people of God shout it louder. Amen. Amen. All right. Welcome your neighbor to your left and to your right. You can be seated in God's presence. Glory, glory, glory be to God. Hallelujah. Can I hear someone declare again, I am an overcomer. I'm more than a conqueror. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Everything I need to win in life is available for me and available to me in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So we started talking about this last Wednesday, wisdom for life. You, you need wisdom. This is our month of wisdom. And I want to encourage you to um, believe God for wisdom, study wisdom, learn wisdom, apply wisdom. I've been using this particular illustration a lot this week in some of the meetings I've had earlier. Um, I've used it many times in church. And I think it's apt for the way many Christians live. Um, if you give somebody a car, and after you have given that person a car, the next morning the person still gets up for one reason or another. Maybe the person doesn't know how to drive, or the person forgot that you gave them a car. And the person still goes up walking up and down the streets of Lagos, taking a bus ride and things like that, public transport. That's how many Christians live. God has given you wisdom. Can I hear loud amen? You need to take it and use it you, deliberately. Ah, pastor, I don't know the wisdom. That's what we are teaching. Pray about it. Learn about it. Don't sleep or just reorganize your schedule until you know for certainty this is the wisdom of God for me for this season and I am applying it. Oh, hallelujah. I am applying it. Now, God has spoken to us as a church generally, for example, the wisdom of God for every member of this church is to serve God this season. That's general. I've been talking about that since seven days of glory. You, you now need to take that stewardship as my wisdom, my weapon for this season, and use it. Hallelujah. Use it. And then... Go further, like we've been saying, in getting the specific application of stewardship in your own life. Because your serving God may not be preaching in church, like Pastor Tizon is. It may be something else. And there can be many, many dimensions of what God wants you to do where stewardship is concerned. So don't be that guy that we gave a car that is still walking up and down the streets of Lagos. That's what many Christians are doing. God has actually given them what they are looking for, but failure to apply, failure to execute, many times because of ignorance, they didn't know that that is the answer to their key. Sometimes unbelief, they don't believe it. Maybe there's somebody here that doesn't believe that stewardship will help beautify your life over the next six months. They don't believe what God is saying. They just don't believe it. Or the, the cares of this world, they want to serve quite all right, oh, but pressures of life is hindering them and they are submitting to the pressure of life. 
Attendance in church sometimes in midweek services can be a very good example of that. There are many more people that want to be in church on a Wednesday evening like this. But because of work, because of traffic, or one thing or the other, they are not in church. And the worst thing you can do if you find yourself in that kind of situation is to surrender. And I won't be coming from you. No, find another way. If you can't come every Wednesday, can I come every other Wednesday? If I can't come every other Wednesday, can I come at least once in a month? Can I log on to live stream? I mean, do something. If you believe that wisdom that God has given you will help you. So many people, when God gives them the answer, you see, so you must be careful not to work with God with what you think. No, God is bigger than your thinking. In any case, if you knew the answer, you wouldn't be where you are today. So don't think the answer will come the way you expect it to come. Praise the Lord. How God will solve your problem may blow your mind. Glory be to God. So you need to be very careful when you walk with God that God can tell you things that are way beyond your comprehension. So you may not be able to figure out how will serving God improve my financial situation. You don't have to figure it out to start. Glory be to God. Just understand that that is the wisdom of God. Hallelujah. And we, we left, up, left, left off last week by talking about the way to get God's wisdom. And specifically, we started talking about the fear of God. I just want to continue from there. Some of the things we laid off, um, talked about last week, the fear of God. We need to understand what the fear of God is, and then we need to walk in it. Walk in it. And again, Jesus remains our example. Isaiah 11, let's start from there. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, Isaiah 11 from verse 1, and the branch shall grow out of his roots. This is a prophecy about Jesus. Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Please let me have a glass of water. The, the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Jesus came in Isaiah 60 and he declared, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Isaiah 60, Isaiah 61. Spirit of Lord God is upon me. So this is the prophecy about him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Seven different expressions of God's spirit. And all of them are connected to wisdom. The, Holy, the Bible refers to the Holy Spirit. The first one mentioned here is the Spirit of the Lord. They call him the Spirit of Wisdom and Revelation. So the Spirit of the Lord, they could have said the Spirit of Wisdom and Revelation shall rest upon him. That's how the New Testament or Apostle Paul in many of his epistles describe the Spirit of the Lord. The Spirit of Wisdom, that's obviously wisdom related. The Spirit of Understanding, that is obviously wisdom related. The Spirit of Counsel, that is obviously wisdom related. The Spirit of Might. The Bible says wisdom is better than might. So might is not just physical or financial. It can also be a dimension of wisdom. Hallelujah. It's also a dimension of wisdom. The spirit of knowledge, wisdom related, and the fear of the Lord, wisdom related. The anointing that came upon Jesus that made him win in life and ministry and fulfill God's purpose on his life was an anointing of wisdom. Praise the Lord. And verse 3 now says, He is the light 
they mentioned sevenfold manifestations of the spirit of wisdom or the anointing that came upon Christ. And they now singled out in verse 3, the is the light shall be the fear of the Lord. In other words, of all the seven spirits, the one that stood out the most was what we are talking about here, the fear of the Lord. It's as if that is what triggers or regulates every other expression of the anointing. And think about it for a moment. If you don't have the fear of God working in your life as it ought, many things that God wants to do in your life will never be seen. You'll never be seen. Praise the Lord. And that's why we are looking at it at this time. When a Christian begins, a believer, a child of God, begins to walk in the fear of the Lord like Jesus did and makes it his delight, it makes all the difference in your life. We need to reverence God. Hallelujah. All right, so that's where we stopped last week. Let's go on from there. And the first thing I want to do tonight is to establish again from scriptures, the connection between the fear of the Lord and the wisdom of God. We talked about it or mentioned it briefly last week, but let's quickly establish it tonight. There is a connection, a direct connection. The wisdom of God at work in your life and in my life is directly related to the level of the fear of God that I'm working in. Directly related. Job 28, verse 28. And in Job 28, they were talking about the wisdom of God there. How you can access the wisdom of God. You can study that in more detail when you get home. And they concluded by saying this, the 28th verse. I think there were only 29 or 30 verses in that chapter. And to man, he said, look at your neighbor for me and tell him, oh, this is talking to you. Oh, man. Man or a woman. What did he say to man? Behold, to behold means to look, to see, to understand, to comprehend. The fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. I mean, that, that's a straight line equation. In many other scriptures, you will read things like, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Praise the Lord. Um, Psalm 11, 1, 11 and verse 10. Let me just quickly quote some of them. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Praise the Lord. Psalm, um, Proverbs 1, 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Proverbs 9, 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You, you see things like that all over scriptures. But I like the way Job described it here. Job 28, 28 again. The fear of the Lord is wisdom. Praise the Lord. Say that with me, somebody. The fear of the Lord... That is wisdom. Now he went on, and to depart from evil is understanding. So I, I want to bring out something from there. We need to practicalize what we are talking about here. This is not a seminary discussion we are having. This is not a theoretical dialogue we are having. Praise the Lord. We are talking about the fear of God in real practical day-to-day -day Christianity terms, a Lagos practical application in 2018. And if you look at what they told us here, the fear of the Lord is wisdom, and they now showed us how Job particularly um, manifested that fear of God in his life. 
He departed from evil. Please understand that wisdom, understanding, counsel, all those things are synonyms. He departed from evil. So it wasn't like Job wasn't tempted to do evil like every other person in his day. It wasn't like he wasn't tempted to lie or to steal or to cheat or to anything. He was. But because he had this thing called the fear of God working in his life, he, by the grace of God and the help of God, really and truly, he determined and chose not to participate in evil. And that's what the fear of the Lord is. Out of respect for God. And fear of the Lord here, we described it briefly last week. Maybe I will get into it today. Respect, reverence. God is heavy in your hand. God is a big deal to you. So the words of God matter. The things of God matter. Above all else. That's what we are talking about here. Hallelujah. Job, let, let's look at Job's testimony. Job chapter 1. There was a man in the land of Oz. Whose name was Job. That man was blameless and upright and one that feared God and shunned evil. And if you read on to the end of verse 3, he had a thousand, seven thousand this. He had, he, was, he had so many children. His family was blessed. Financially, he was blessed. In business, he was blessed. And they said he was the greatest of all the men in the East. Praise the Lord. And the secret is what they told us here. This, this was the secret behind all those beautiful things that were evident in Job's life. I pray over you, I declare over you, I decree over you, there will be beautiful things evident in your life. Hallelujah. He was the greatest of all the men in the East. And if you put together what we are saying here, he became the greatest of all the men in the East because he had certain secrets. You see that in Job 29, when you read Job 29. So Job 28 told us that the fear of the Lord is wisdom. In Job 29, from verse 2, Job said, Oh, that I were in the months, as in the days, when God watched over me. God will continually watch over you in the name of Jesus. When his lamp shone upon my head, may the lamp or the light of God shine upon your head. May you always know what to do, particularly when you are going through your greatest challenges. And by his light, I walk through darkness. May you never be confused all the days of your life. May you have answers to every question of life. May you have solutions to every problem of life. That's the wisdom of God, walking in his life. He became the greatest because he was wise. He knew certain things that you don't know. I was reading, watching some news yesterday. Telling us about the world's richest man now, um, the Amazon guy, Jeff Bezos. He knows some things you don't know. At the minimum, you can build websites you can build. That millions of people subscribe to. So they're now saying that, hey, it's worth $150 billion. Hey, it's wisdom. That's how they get those things. $150 billion. And they were talking about the fact that the way things are going, his company is soon going to, he may even overtake before Apple and other set of wise people. Financially speaking, they will cross the $1 trillion mark. 
That was the kind of life Job had in these days. He was the greatest of all the men in the East. He had the counsel of God. Hallelujah. Look at that again, Job 29. The lamp of God shone upon my head. Hallelujah. The light, by his light I walked through darkness. He had, we, we, we studied a, a text last week, Psalm, was it 29, verse 14? The, the, the secrets of God are revealed to those that fear him. So God was revealing secret things to Job that made him stand out in his generation, made him wiser than most people. And they said the reason why he had those revelations, those secrets, was because he feared God. Can you tap two or three people around you and tell them, fear God, fear God, fear God? Let me tell them again, your life will be better than this if you fear God, if you fear God, fear God. Please, that's what we are saying here. No big secret. If you can grow, hallelujah, in your understanding and revelation of the fear of God and walk in it, Walk in it, not just something your pastor teaches you midweek service from time to time. No, walk in it. Eschew evil, like they said of Job. When the temptations to do evil things, what do we mean by evil things? Things that are contrary to the word of God, things that are contrary to the ways of God. He deliberately avoided those things out of reverence for God. That's what we are talking about here. That's how we live this life. Walking in the fear of the Lord. And that granted him access to wisdom that made him stand out in life. May that be the kind of testimony you have in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So, the connection is there. Let me show you another scripture. Isaiah 33. I love this one. Isaiah 33. There is a direct link between the fear of the Lord and the wisdom of God. Again, we are not talking about fear as if God is going to hurt you. Hey, I didn't pay my tithe last week, so God will kill me. Or God will beat me up. Mm -mm, that's not the fear we are talking about. We'll get into that a bit as we go into this teaching. But I reverence God. I respect God. I value God. I honor God above all else. Above all else. And that is the weapon I use to fight my battles in life. It's one of the key weapons in my arsenal. That's how I deal with my biggest challenges. That's what Job did. When crisis hit Job, he maintained his reverence for God. But that's, that's one of the main things that book was written in the scripture for us. I believe that's why God even allowed what happened to Job to happen to him. So that in 2018, there will be an amazing testimony that Pastor T can use to teach Kingsword members the benefits of fearing God. Job's reverence for God superseded all the money he had. So when the money went, he still feared God. His reverence for God superseded his love for his children. So when the children were killed, his fear was still intact. His reverence for God superseded, superseded his health. When his health was gone, he was still there. By that time, his wife had given up. In fact, if I told him, curse God and die. So she was 
most likely looking as if she feared God when the money was there. Looking as if she feared God when the children were dead. You will not lose your money, you will not lose your children, you will not lose your health. That's not the moral of the teaching. Praise the Lord. But beyond your money, beyond your children, beyond your health, learn to reverence God. And because he maintained that walk, you know how the story ended. God gave him double for all his troubles. Hallelujah. May you experience double restoration in the name of Jesus. Look, that's what you can look forward to when you continue to do these things. You learn them and you do them. It doesn't mean challenges will not come. So again, this ties into what we are teaching. That you are going through a difficult time does not mean you should now start behaving like a rascal. The temptation will be there. And I'm sure all of us can identify with that. That you are going through a difficult time doesn't mean you should lose your reverence for God or your respect for God or the things of God. You will be sorely tempted, but understand the place and the value of maintaining that reverence for God. Praise the Lord. I mean, Job made such statements like, though God slay me, I will still trust him. In the midst of that ordeal, so it doesn't matter what you are going through, my brother and sister. It doesn't matter what that battle you are fighting, financial battle, I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. It doesn't really matter. In fact, if you will catch what we are teaching, we are saying one way you can overcome, hallelujah, that challenge of financial difficulty or marital difficulty or health difficulty is by walking in divine fear of God like Job did. And God will not fail you. We give you double in Jesus' name. Psalm 33, verse 5 and 6. Let's, let, let's read this um, in the New Living Translation because of time. Let me just, I, I'll give you the text, but I, I quickly want to get some other things, but let me go. Look at verse 6. I'm, I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation. The KJV is good, but it, it's much, much clearer in the New Living Translation. In that day, and if you start reading from verse 2, you will see the day he's talking about. He was talking about the day of battle. Specifically to the people Isaiah was giving the prophet to, prophecy to, the Assyrians were dominating, oppressing the um, Israelites in that time. So in that day when the Assyrians are oppressing you, this is what he was telling them. God will be your sure foundation. Hallelujah. In the day of battle, in the day of trouble, in the day of your greatest challenges, your fiercest battles of life, God will be your sure foundation. Providing a rich store of salvation, of wisdom and knowledge. Hallelujah. That's what you need when you are going through difficult times. You need a sure foundation. What you can depend on, rely on. Hallelujah. And you need a rich store. Somebody say rich store. So you need to be abundantly supplied. A rich store of salvation. I hope you understand that salvation is not limited to just getting born again. It's not just sin we need to be saved from. We need to be saved from sicknesses and diseases. Hallelujah. We need to be saved from economic recession and depression. We need to be saved from many things. You need to be saved from kidnappers. Hallelujah. A rich store of salvation. See, that's what is the problem with many people. They have salvation, all right, but it's not a rich store. So there's salvation from sin, but there's no salvation from sickness manifested. 
If they die today, they will go to heaven, no? But you see, it's not a rich store. There's salvation from sickness, so, but there's no salvation from financial difficulties. It's not a rich store. And he will give us the key here. In that day, hallelujah, he will be your sure foundation, providing present continuous, hallelujah, a rich store of salvation. Like Dr. K, we say, Jesus is not just a one-time savior, he's a lifetime savior, hallelujah. May your salvation not end yesterday. May your salvation not end in 2017. What is going to happen to you in 2018 if salvation ends in 2017? So it must be Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever in my life. Can I hear a loud amen? Providing. Hallelujah. Say with me, I'm forever provided for. I can't hear you. I'm forever provided for. Look at that text. New Living Translation. It's so beautiful. A rich store of salvation, of wisdom, which is what we are focusing on. That's what you need in whatever battles of life you are facing. Now, wisdom and knowledge. Now, watch this phrase. The fear of the Lord will be your treasure. The fear of the Lord will be your treasure. In other words, the key that regulates these things is my reverence for God. That's the connection. That is the connection. That is the connection. May it not be missing in your life. Hallelujah. So what we need, say with me what I need, is a walking knowledge of the fear of the Lord. Not a theoretical knowledge, not seminary knowledge, not something I'm going to use to write exam. You, you need the fear of the Lord, a revelation of it like Job had it. So when life's battles come, and they will always come. When life's battles come, that fear of the Lord will give you access or provision, in the language of Isaiah, rich supply of wisdom to deal with that fear. In the midst of that battle, a word now came to Job, pray for all your friends. In the midst of it, as he maintained his fear of God, his integrity with God, he wasn't perfect. So we are not asking you to be perfect. Glory be to God. By grace that we are saved, not by our perfection. But it does not mean we should be ignorant of these things. In the midst of that, that word came. And it wasn't someone that they gave a car that did not use the car. He indeed prayed for his friends. He used the wisdom. And as he used it, everything turned around in his favor. Glory be to God. I speak over somebody's life here. I see things turning around for your good. In the name of Jesus. As you lay hold, particularly on the specific wisdom God will give you, and apply it. Apply it. Don't wait for somebody else to apply it for you. That's one mistake some of you are doing. They are still waiting for one pastor somewhere to pray for you. Thank God for the prayer pastor prays for you. But that will not serve you in life's battles. Thank God for the prayer pastors pray for you. And pastor will pray for you. You are not going to be responsible pastors here. So that's why we are teaching these things. See the wisdom of God as your battle axe. 
and understand that by you walking in the fear of God, you can access that wisdom for your life. And once you have that, no way, no how, you will win. Glory be to God. Can you make that connection? Somebody, can you make that connection? Or oh, this thing is just flying over your head. That's what they're saying. See, some people, the only thing they use to solve problems is money. So if you're not putting dollars on IRA down, they're stuck. Number one, money is limited. Number two, you should have figured it by now. In church, you're not going to put Naira or dollars down all the time. <laughs> or anywhere else, not even just church. So the earlier you start learning to use things like the word of God to solve problems, prayer to solve problems, the wisdom of God to solve problems, and walking in the fear of the Lord to access the wisdom I need to solve my problems, the better for you. Which money did Job use to solve his problem there? The money had gone. But thank God, even though the money has gone, your God has not gone. And that means you are not stranded. We are talking about winning in life or, or wisdom for life. This is how you fight life's battles. Because there will be times where there is no money anywhere. Even people that want to help you, they don't have it. Somebody sent me um, a challenge. Not member of church or someone outside church. I mean, they are going down. And I want to help him. But it's when I get the money, I can send him the money. Praise the Lord. And I'm not going to kill myself before the money comes. So we can't just narrow down the way God will solve our problems in life with when the money comes. No. God can take care of your rent challenges without any money. Can I hear a loud amen? God can pay your bills without any money. God can solve your health challenges without any medical, but by paying medical bills. No. And do it with his wisdom. Infinite wisdom. And we have access to that wisdom when we walk in the fear of the Lord. Acts 9, 31. Let's go on here. Acts 9 and verse 31. Let's look at some amazing testimonies from the early church. We see it at work in Job's life. Early church, Acts chapter 9. This is the story of when Apostle Paul got converted. So prior to his conversion, he was a terrorist to the church. Every time the Christians had Paul's name, fear ran through them. Not the fear of God. Fear of being arrested. We're going to come to that. I want to teach you fear versus fear tonight. That's where I'm going to close with, by God's grace, if time permits. So he was a terrorist. Just like you can imagine somebody in northern Nigeria now, when they hear Boko Haram, that emotion of fear will come upon them. And if they don't know how to deal with it, they're going to have a problem. Or you are somewhere in the east, you hear the name kidnapper. <laughs> ah, Boko Haram is on the next streets. You know how you will feel. Praise the Lord. So that's what um, Paul was. So God now accosted him on the road to Damascus, transformed his life, and he started being a blessing to the church. And they were telling us what happened after. Acts 9.31. I love the title of my Bible, The Church Prospers. Hallelujah. Somebody here, you will prosper this season in Jesus' name. Watch how the church prospered. Then the churches throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria. That was Paul's domain. He was tormenting Christians and churches in Judea, Galilee, and Samaria. 
He was not just a local terrorist, he was a territorial terrorist. Praise the Lord. Then the churches throughout um, Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and were edified. Hallelujah. After Paul was converted and instead living like a Christian, this happened. God just took Paul out and everything changed. And look at the latter part of the verse. Walking in the fear of the Lord. Walking in their fear. Before then, they were walking in the fear of Apostle Paul. They were walking in the fear of being, or they were tormented by the fear of Apostle Paul. Tormented by, well, it wasn't Apostle Saul. <laughs> the fear of being arrested. The fear of being prosecuted was what was dominating them. But God stepped in, took away the threats, and now they were free. They had peace. They, 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 they could now walk in the fear of the Lord, and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, they were multiplied. Hallelujah. God told us that this season there will be multiplication. Can you see the connection there? What, what, what was the key? How did they prosper? How did they multiply? They substituted or God helped them. God helped them to substitute the fear that was coming from Saul's terrorist activities with the fear of the Lord and everything changed. Everything changed. Hallelujah. Look at Acts 2, verse 42. After Peter preached that sermon, after the Holy Ghost came, and 3,000 people got saved, the Bible says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Please take a note of those four things. Because the next thing they told us was then... Fear came upon every soul. And this was the fear of God here. Look how the fear of God came. They were taught. And that's why after the threat of Paul was eliminated in chapter 9, they now went back to walking in the fear of the Lord. This is Acts chapter 2. This is how the church started. The apostles taught them, and I can guarantee you one of the things they must have taught them was the fear of the Lord. Because the Bible said, and fear came through the teachings of the apostles, through the doctrines of the apostles, through their fellowship, they come to church together. The Bible says they will meet in the church and then from house to house. In the breaking of bread, taking communion together. And in prayers. By just doing those things, the fear of God came upon every soul. This is not just something for pastors or leaders. It's for every believer. Look at your neighbor and tell him, oh, you are included. Ah, that person didn't hear you. Look for somebody that's interested in what we are talking about. Say, you must learn to walk in the fear of the Lord. You know, sometimes when we think this is what people think we are not talking about them. We are talking about you, sir. Every soul. Every soul. The fear of God came on every soul. And many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Hallelujah. When the church rose up, woke up, understood, walking in the fear of the Lord, miracles broke out. Amen. When the church walked in the fear of the Lord, chapter 9, and the comfort of the Holy Spirit, they multiplied, they prospered. Praise the Lord. Now, this is very interesting. Let, let me remind you of something I've shared with us before, Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15, verses 4 and 5. Whatever things were written before 
like what we are reading, reading in Acts chapter, in the book of Acts now, they were written for our learning. Learning. When, when you study what happened in the book of Acts with the early church, one of the major components the Bible told us that was responsible for the miracles they had was they are walking in the fear of the Lord. So this, these two texts I read are examples in Acts chapter 5. Sometimes something triggered the fear of the Lord in the church. Acts chapter 2 there, we saw that it was the doctrine of the apostles that triggered it. They taught them about reverence for God. Taught them, taught them. Prayed about it, fellowshiped about it, and as people started doing it, boom, things happened. In Acts chapter 5, that's when Ananias and Sapphira died because of their rascality. When that happened, the Bible said the fear of the Lord broke out in the church. Miracles happened. In Acts chapter 19, when the seven sons of Siva tried to do, um, use the name of Jesus, what we talked about on Sunday, the Bible said when the news had spread that of what, did, what happened with the demons, that the demon told them, Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. Who are you? When CNN broadcast the news, everybody, fear of God rose up. Ah, even demons can know somebody. Church exploded. So there were instances where certain miracles or signs broke out and made people respect God. And we cannot relate with that. Whether good or not so good. Imagine if someone came to church on Sunday now. and said, ah, God has done it to my brethren. God has done it. You know, pastor has been talking about tithing. So two months ago, I recommitted to God and I started paying my tithe. And just this week, God just gave my business one billion dollar contract. You know what people that are not tithing, they will start tithing from that Sunday. By reason of the fear of the Lord. <laughs> I mean, you, when you hear that kind of thing, your respect for God will go to another level. God gave somebody in your church one billion dollars. No matter who you are, you will respect God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Or you hear something. All these people that are attacking churches and pastors in, on the social media. They tomorrow morning wake up, they just say 10 of them just died like that. <laughs> Everybody will wake up. So that's the Ananias and Sapphira incident when people just die like that. Everybody will die. This God is a consuming fire. They wake up. Or miracles break out. So, there are times when incidents can trigger people's response to respect God more. Are you with me? But that's not how it started here. That's not what happened here. They continued in the apostles' doctrine. So, another trigger can be learning, teaching. And that's what Romans 15 is saying. The things that were written were written for our learning. That we, through the patience and the comfort of scriptures, might have hope. May this second half of 2018 be your better half in Jesus' name. It comes through the patience and comfort of scriptures. Now, may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded towards one another. I love the way it's written in the NLT. Put up the NLT for us. Verse 4, Romans 15, verse 4. Such things, like what we read in Acts chapter, in the book of Acts just now, they were written in the scripture long ago to teach us. I want to emphasize that, to teach us. You see, some people in 2018 are waiting for one Red Sea to part. Red Sea may not part in 2018, sir. And some people are waiting for 10 people to drop down and die like Ananias and Sapphira. 
God may not do that in 2018. The preferred method now, even in writing the story of Ananias and Sapphira, they were written to teach, not for God to kill 10 people that are abusing pastors now or stealing church money now. Mm -mm. To teach. For our learning. So you don't have to wait till God kills somebody before you start taking tithing seriously. Or fearing God. See, there was no respect for God. A move of God broke out in the church. People were giving generously. They said, okay, let me to give. Then they were telling lies. What's entered you to tell lies to the Holy Ghost? How can someone be like, you see, no fear of God. And just, Peter only asked a question, no? And the husband died. The wife came a few hours later. Go and read the story in Acts chapter 5. Huh? Is it true that you sold the land for so 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 amount? She lied again. She said, ah, why are you lying? The feet of people that have just buried the husband, they have not gone. She too, she died. When, that, when they had that news next Sunday in church, everybody sat up. People that God had told to sell their land, that didn't sell their land, they sold their land immediately. People that sold the land, that didn't bring the money, they brought the money immediately. Respect for God rose. But they are now telling us those things were written, not so that in 2018, God will kill somebody again in church. Because it wasn't the devil that killed them, it was God. Lack of reverence for God. They saw the backhand of God's grace. To teach. So now we teach it. We teach it. That's how it even started in their case. Look, look at the text. Such things were written in the scripture long ago to teach us. And the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. May God's promises be fulfilled in your life. But catch that. Sometimes there may be a wait, a waiting period. And it's in those times that we face the battles of life. And we are tempted at those times to either fear failure or fear God. I will get to that in a minute. Look at verse 5. May God who gives this patience and encouragement help you. Say with me, I receive God's help. May he help you to live in harmony with each other as is fitting. Please, this way I'm going here. As is fitting for followers of Jesus Christ. That's what we are talking about this season. Seeing Jesus. Knowing Jesus. And becoming like Jesus. We read that Jesus walked in the fear of the Lord. He delighted in the fear of the Lord. Followers of Jesus should delight in the fear of the Lord. If you are not, you don't know Jesus. Sir. At least you don't know him as you ought. Jesus reverenced God. And the stories that were written about the blessings of the fear of the Lord or even the adverse consequence of not walking in the fear of the Lord, they were written to teach us today. Teach so that we too in 2018, after so many thousands of years, can wake up and walk in reverence of God and be blessed. Like the people that walked in the fear of the Lord and were blessed. May that be your testimony in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So you need a walking knowledge. In my marriage, what does it mean to walk in the fear of the Lord? Concerning my business, what does it mean to walk in the fear of the Lord? How I handle my money, what does it mean to walk in the fear of the Lord? Walking knowledge. Day-to-day -day life. 
And I'm telling you, that will make a lot of difference in whether you will have the wisdom for life to win the battles you are facing in life and ultimately whether you will win concerning those battles. Because the secrets of the Lord are with those that fear him. There is no challenge anybody under the sound of my voice here is facing that God doesn't know the answer. Or God doesn't have the solution. Or God has to go and fast 40 days and 40 nights to solve your problem. Hallelujah. So the wisdom for your success is available here and now. Can I hear a loud amen? Like we prayed at the beginning of the service. Why don't you have it? You have not laid hold yet. And I'm telling you, one of the things that will help you to lay hold is whether you know how to walk in the reverence of God. And I can guarantee you from the comfort of scriptures, from the teaching and the comfort that we are seeing in scriptures, that if you can grab this mystery of the kingdom of God, respect for God, just take the things of God, Pastor T, more seriously than you are taking it now. That's all. God is not here to condemn you. God is not planning to kill you like Ananias and Sapphira. No, that one was written to teach you. Glory be to God. Not to frighten you, to kill you. Mm -mm. Hallelujah. God is not going to tempt you like Job was tempted. No, it was written to teach you. That's why some of those things are in the Bible. Just God was just giving an example. Don't look, don't be shocked though. If till now, till Jesus come, there's never a miracle like Red Sea parting again. It doesn't mean God's power has gone down. No. That one was written to teach us that nothing is impossible with God. He doesn't have to part another red sea again. Can I hear a loud amen? Ah, me, I'm waiting for God. You see, ah, the, the power has gone. When, when, when last did you hear that God parted red sea? Or um, or whatever. No, that's not why they parted red sea then. The same God that parted it yesterday is in our midst right here, right now. Can I hear a loud amen? And if we will learn, hallelujah. So what you need to do is to learn, not to be looking for where they are parting red sea. Before one devil starts deceiving you. Learn. And one of the things you learn is reverence for God. Reverence for God. You. I'm talking about you. Not the pastor. You. 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 Reverence for God. It will change your life. Because it will bring wisdom into your life. You will just wake up one morning. You know, the way these things work is amazing. One idea will just come to your head. Ah, call brother so, so, and so. Go and see your uncle there. Something that you have never thought of. I mean, it's amazing. Anyone that's ever enjoyed any benefit from just obeying God, he said if they obey and serve him, they will spend their days in prosperity and their years in prosperity. Just, you eat sometimes the way the wisdom of God comes, hallelujah, it can be so simple at times. And you tell yourself, why have I not thought about that all these years? Well, the place to start is not for you to start thinking about what to do. It's to start reverencing God more. Glory be to God. Take the next step you know to take from where you are. And watch God do the rest for you. Hallelujah. Come on, lift your hands and pray with me tonight. Father, teach me to walk in your fear. Like you taught Job. And like you taught them in the early church. In the book of Acts. Come on, pray that prayer sincerely. Talk to God. Talk to God. You personally, teach me. Teach me. What can I do today? 
that will make the difference tomorrow. Pray that prayer. What step can I take? What step can I take? Hallelujah. In walking in the fear, practical knowledge, walking knowledge, hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Listen to me. If you pray that prayer sincerely, or if you learn to pray that kind of prayer, God will help you. God will help you. God will show you what you need to do. And I'm talking practical things. What was practicality in, in, in the case of Job? He, he, he learned to stay away from evil. Practical expression of fear of the Lord. In our, own case, in our own case in this church, practical can be you are now serving God more. Maybe up until now, you are not doing anything for God and you claim to be a child of God. No, out of response fear of God, you find something to do for God in church or outside church and you are diligent, you are developing practical expression of the fear of God. Not theory, not seminary notes, not KTI Bible class exam. Practical. He feared God and eschewed evil. It wasn't theory. They could trace it to what he did last week. Wisdom was just flowing in his life. Till he became the greatest man in the East. May God promote and elevate you in the name of Jesus. That's the grace that is available for us this season. Grace for speed. Double restoration is speed. Hallelujah. When God turned his captivity around, he had twice the more the Lord. Speed, grace for elevation, promotion, grace for multiplication. But you need to be practical about these things. Hallelujah. Come on, I pray that prayer again. Teach me, oh God, to walk in the fear of the Lord. Come on, 10 seconds. Open your mouth, pray sincerely, mean every word. Open your heart. Let the Holy Spirit teach you. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let me close. And this is the main thing I want us to grab tonight. I hope we can finish it. If not, we'll continue next week. God told me to ask everyone here this question. What kind of fear? You may need to write it down. Some of you may not have an answer immediately. What kind of fear or what type of fear? You know, we said there are two types. There is fear. Let me give you the description again. There is fear as in a distressing emotion. So when Apostle Paul was fermenting trouble in the churches, this is what they were going through. This was what was dominating them. In fact, when God told Ananias, go to the, um, a house in the street called Street, there's a man there, his name is Paul. So go and pray for him, lay hands on him. But ah, Ananias said, no, I've heard about this man. They were afraid of the name Saul. And it kept them in bondage. Limited their prosperity, limited their multiplication. That's the negative one. A distressing emotion aroused by impending danger. The name Saul sounded impending danger in their ears. Just like in parts of Nigeria today, the name Boko Haram, impending danger. Imagine going to a market somewhere in um, Bauchi or one of these, and they say, hey, Boko Haram, Boko Haram. You know, just mention Boko Haram. Here, you may not run. You are still listening to me. If it was Bachara, even the pastor is giving an example. Everybody has left the church. Impending danger. So that is one fear. The way you are afraid of a gun. The way you are afraid. You are now 30 plus and no man has proposed to you. 
Or the way you are afraid, we are now five years in the marriage, no children. Or the way you are afraid, hey, it's been five years since I left school, I don't have a job yet. Or the way you are afraid, hey, my rent is, my rent is due two days from now, and there's no money in the account. You know that emotion. I, am I talking to real people here? Or am I talking to people that don't understand what I'm saying? Which one are you? The way you are afraid, you go to hospital and doctor say you have cancer. That is a kind of fear. That's not the one we are talking about. Distressing emotion. No normal human being can hear any of those things I said or think them, and that distressing emotion will not come upon you. Now, you can learn to override it, but that it won't come. You are not normal. But then there's the other fear, reverence for God, a feeling or attitude of deep respect, tinged with awe, veneration. So the question tonight is this, as we begin to close, which type out of those two, which kind out of those two, a distressing emotion or um, reverence for God, which fear grips or controls your heart when you are challenged or in your toughest battle, when you are in the midst of the storm, when you are like Job, your money has gone. Your children have been killed. It won't happen to you in Jesus' name. Your health is under threat. Your wife has more or less divorced you. Seemingly, you're on your own. What is controlling your heart? What is controlling the words of your mouth? What is controlling your emotions? Is it a distressing emotion? Or is it reverence for God? That's where the battle is won. That's where the battles of life are won. I will never forget it. When the first told me, hey, um, after years, we didn't have any children. So we went to do tests. And the doctor said, hey, Pastor T, your, you didn't call me Pastor T. <laughs> your sperm count is low. You may never be able to have children um, by yourself. Blah, blah, blah. When he told me, I mean, my faith was very high. I didn't go to the hospital without faith. So, Telling you, it didn't shake me. God is able. <laughs> but after one year went, and the God that is able wasn't displaying the ability, and two years went, and the ability was looking farther and farther away, I will never forget that day. Something just hit me. You are not going to have children. The way the thing ran through my system. That was the first day that fear gripped me. Before then, I wasn't feeling. I will distressing emotion. How many have felt that kind of thing before? Ah, I'm in the right place. I think this word is for you. And I knew that the thank God I knew a thing or two about what I'm sharing with you tonight. If I don't do something about this thing, <laughs> hallelujah. Let, let's talk about that negative fear first. Second Timothy 1 7. Because I'm telling you, this is where you win the battles of life. This is where. You determine whether by this time tomorrow you will be able to share a testimony in church that God has done it, or your story will say, ah, we are still trusting God. You know those, we are still trusting God, that are not really trusting God's stories. Oh. Which fear is, okay, you, you, those of you that are going through battles now, what is gripping your heart? Which one is there? Are you like Job's wife? 
like saying, cut God and die. You know they won't say it. It's, they won't come for prayer meeting. They won't serve God in church. They will not be faithful with their giving. They will not study their scriptures. They will not confess the word. Those are, see, sometimes this fear, it manifests like depression. How, how many people have experienced these things? Or am I the only one? Depression. You don't want to come to church. You don't want, oh, you are serving God, though, but it's one kind. 2 Timothy 1.7, the spirit that God gives us does not make us timid. See, it's, it's addressing this thing. It doesn't make us depressed. It doesn't give us distressful emotions or God has not given us a spirit of fear, King James says. But yeah, I, I have it here in NIV. Put it up for me in KJV. But it gives us power, love, and self-discipline. For God has not given us the spirit of fear. So what the Bible teaches is, when that distressing emotion, that fear comes, you are to reject it. If you don't, you most likely will not win in that situation. You are to reject, you are to resist it. And one of the ways, or one of the best ways to resist it, you can resist it through faith, through love. It's a perfect love casts out fear. Faith and fear are equal opposite. And one of the ways you can resist it is by walking in the fear of the Lord. But that's what God told me to tell you tonight. I will give it to you when I finish. But hold on. Hebrews chapter 2. Put it up for us from verse 14. Let, let's read, read the King James because of time. Hebrews 2.14. Quickly, quickly. Hebrews 2.14. In as much then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same. So he's talking about Jesus. Somebody say keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. See, why does that distressing emotion come when after five years you've not had children and all your mates have had children? You are flesh and blood. It's human. If you don't feel that distressing emotion, we should check your head. There's something wrong somewhere. Likewise, he shared in the same, Jesus took up flesh and blood. That's through death. Look at what Jesus did for us. Through death, he might destroy him. Who had the power of death? That is the devil. Verse 15. Next verse. Say with me, Jesus has destroyed the power of death in my life. Not only that, and release those who through fear of death will all their life. You see why sometimes some problems persist for a long time in our lives? All their lives, they are subject to bondage. Why? When that fear came, they did nothing about it. They don't know what to do about it. That's how Satan keeps us in bondage. That's how you look as if you are not winning life's battle. Fear. This wrong fear. Wrong fear. Hallelujah. First John 4.18, there's no fear in love. Perfect love drives out fear. Somebody lift your hands. Say it at least five times. God loves me. 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 When this emotion comes on you or grips you and it stays, it's because your revelation of the love the Father has for you is not as strong as it ought. So this one way you deal with it. Meditate on the love the Father has for you. You lift your hands and say it again. God loves me. God loves me. God loves me. God loves me. <laughs> Don't 
must be that guy we are giving car that I see walking up and down the streets of Lagos. Oh. You know, there are people who have taught them about the love of God. They don't use it. And fear is still dominating their hearts. Walking around the streets of Lagos, he has a car in his house. We have given him car. We have given him key. He still wants us to come and be driving him. No, you drive yourself. Lift your hands again. God loves me. God loves me. God loves me. That is how you address fear. So that your life will not remain in bondage. You will not remain in bondage in Jesus' name. Which fear grips your heart when you are fighting your greatest battles? Hallelujah. I love this text. Luke chapter 1. Hallelujah. And I need to close, but let's look at this one. We'll continue from here next week. Luke chapter 1. This was um, Zechariah. When he was prophesying, this naming ceremony, I was doing some naming ceremonies this week. <laughs> Two of our members had, had babies, so I went to do their naming ceremony. No, they told him, you will have a child. It was like, it will raw. So it was dumb. But at the naming ceremony, he had repented. Praise the Lord. And the angel loosed his tongue and he was now speaking. Look at what he said about, you should read the old text, but we don't have time for that. So I'm only going to read two verses. Um, verses 74 and 75, what he said about Jesus. This is why Jesus came. So he was prophesying about John the Baptist and Jesus. There's a part of Jesus, there's a part of John the Baptist. This is what he said about Jesus. Why did Jesus come? Similar to what we just read in Hebrews. To grant us. Hallelujah. I love that word, grant. Say with me, I receive the gift of God's grace. To grant us that we may be delivered from the hand of our enemies. May any enemy, whether it is sickness, poverty, shame, failure, that is trying to hold your life and destiny now, may their power be broken over your life in the name of Jesus. It's why Jesus came. To deliver those who all their lifetime were subject to fear. To deliver us from the hand of enemies that we might serve him without fear. Serve him without fear. Praise him without fear. Believe him without fear. Confess him without fear. Worship him without fear. Give to him without fear. Come to church without fear. Live in Lagos without fear. You are supposed to do something about that fear. That we might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him. All the days of our life. So there was those that were subject to bondage all the days of their life because of the fear of death. Then there are those that have been delivered from fear all the days of your life. Which one are you? And you know this thing best when you are facing your life's greatest challenge. Fighting your toughest battles. Glory be to God. Rise on your feet. This is what God told me to tell you as we close tonight. And we'll take it up from here next Wednesday. Substitute. Substitute the fear of failure that is gripping your heart if it is there. And remember, if you're a normal human being or a normal, even normal Christian, now I'm, I'm saying that's not... No, there's a way we say you're not a normal human being. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. No, that's not the one I'm talking about now. 
I'm saying if you have flesh and blood, when you are challenged in life with things like barrenness, that emotion will come. It's supposed to come. That's normal. What you do with it after it comes is what we are talking about now. So don't never get to this fake place where ah, me, oh, I never fear anything. Hey, you don't have flesh and blood. Your spirit. Even me, the pastor. When attendance drops, when money drops, when somebody is sick, when they, they, they called me Sunday afternoon, someone child got lost in children's church. Hey, when you hear those kind of things, hey, that emotion will come. What you do when it comes is what we are teaching. Not that it won't come. Substitute. You see, those things are fear of failure. Hey, what if they never find the child? Hey, what if we never have him come to run the church? Hey, what if we don't? Mm. Substitute the fear of failure with the fear of God. That's the key. That's the key. That's what happened to them in Acts chapter 9. They were under the bondage of the fear of Apostle Paul. But God stepped in on their case. God is stepping in for you in the name of Jesus. The truth is Jesus has already stepped in for you in the name of Jesus. God arrested Paul. And then from then on they said walking in the fear of the Lord. And everything changed. Substitute the fear of failure. You are going to marry. Don't let anybody tell you are not going to marry. You will have children. Don't let anybody tell you are not going to have any children. You will have the money you need. You will have the relationships you need. Hallelujah. You will live in health. Substitute the fear of failure with the fear of God. Ah, Pastor, I don't need to do that. Then you need to go and listen to what we've been teaching and come back next week. See, once you are walking in that fear of God, glory be to God. Are you still here? Once you are not the fear of, I'm not going to have children. If you are walking there, you will never know what to do. That will not be your story in Jesus' name. Walking, hey, I'm not going to have the money. You will never know what to do. Hey, I'm not going to, I'm not going to marry. You will never know what to do. Everything will look dark. Job said, his light was upon my head. I walked through darkness. He wasn't afraid. Failure. He was afraid, as it were, of God. Substitute the fear of failure. The fear of God. Let reverence for God grip your heart. Oh, I'm going to show you some powerful things next week. Let it grip your heart and let it drive out the fear of failure. Once your heart is guided, ruled, gripped by reverence for God, like Job, how does a man that has lost everything still respect God? That's why you should study Job. How does a Joseph in prison, after he had been betrayed by his brothers, still fear God? When Potiphar's wife came, I mean, I said, hey, when will I ever have a chance to sleep with Madame like this? But that has happened to me. I said, no, but I fear God. We need to study those people and learn from them and catch their spirits. Hallelujah. Substitute the fear of failure with the reverence for God. And as you are doing that, that's what walking in the fear of the Lord is. Glory be to God. Wisdom will come. And with that comes the victory. Glory, 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 glory be to God. Did you learn something tonight? Lift your hands to heaven. Begin to bless God. 
and practice what we are talking The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234-810-00-00640.